For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Morning Show. The Home Team. No, it's both. It's the crossover. Crossover, step back. Presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville, right here on 960theref.com. All right, we've got a milestone episode today, the crossover podcast presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville. Dave, it is episode number 80. 8-0. The big 80. The crossover podcast turns 80 today, and uh, we got a couple of topics we'll cover on the eve of, as we record this, it's the eve of the uh, Sweet 16, so we will uh, we will break that down, maybe give a, a quick mention of the Braves, as uh, opening day is also on the eve of the uh, of opening day as we record this podcast uh, this week on a Wednesday, and uh, we'll also dive into some Georgia football too is it is week two of spring practice for the uh, for the Bulldogs and we finally got our first taste of some of the you know the glowing reviews coming out of uh, coming out of camp. One thing that um, you know the the speaking of the crossover, the crossover of how football season and even like baseball season end up intersecting. You know, to mentioning the Braves opening day is coming up. the The one thing that I always use to frame just how long a baseball season is is we're talking about spring practice and the Braves opening day when Georgia plays Notre Dame the Braves will still have one week left (laughs) of the season yeah so but a thing I love about baseball and this is just for me personally because as I get older it's harder and harder to keep up baseball's played in the same calendar year so if you say the 20 19 season that means spring training and the world series are still in the same calendar year football and basketball just messes me up especially with the bowl games being in the next year or at least the bowl games you hope to go to being in the next year football with the playoffs and the super bowl being in the next year you don't have to say 2019-2020 you can just for baseball say 2019 yeah that is definitely ideal because like you think about georgia played alabama twice last year but it was two different seasons yeah but both games did happen in the same calendar year 2018 yeah and they were just as heartbreaking both times they were awful (laughs) but it's uh that's a good segue into uh talk a little spring football and the uh and the dogs because it has uh it has already started with uh, i guess it was david marshall who uh, said that Nicobe Dean looks like Roquan Smith out there. And, uh, I, and it, before I just I, I pan that, I, I do have to admit that I, I don't remember who it was because we're talking several years ago now, but I remember in the, the, the summer leading up to, to Todd Gurley's freshman season here, a couple of George's defenders would comment about seeing Gurley at practice and say that he, boy, he looks a lot like Trent Richardson carrying the ball. Yeah. Like – Okay, let's, let's pump the brakes on this with all this uh, happy talk. But then, you know, the moment we saw Gurley return that kick against Buffalo uh, in his first game as a freshman, it was like, oh, okay, so maybe they're uh, they're right. But 
The uh, but yeah, Nakobe Dean already getting the early praise uh, amongst others at the spring ball. Is it? And now it is a great compliment, but is it fair? <laughs> That's the question to no. Nakobe Dean because Roquan as a freshman didn't start a single game. Right, right, and really came on. His, I mean, full throttle, obviously, his junior year, but really, I guess, didn't come on until his sophomore year and then really took off as a junior. Is it fair to compare any of these running backs to Herschel Walker? <laughs> or, you know, yeah, I mean, but that's, they always, all, they always, they, yeah. always are. It is funny now, though, this generation, they, won't, they can't quite go back that far, but it's a great compliment, but is it fair? I get it when people say that, but it's like, oh, man, please, don't, don't put that kind of pressure on those guys. But at the same time, I'm glad to hear it that people say or teammates say, yeah, this guy is really good. He's, he could be the next Roquan. And not just having N'Kobe Dean, but having several guys that you could throw in that, you know, in that conversation, too, about being the next so-and-so, the next Herschel Walker, the next Bill Stanfill, you know, the, uh, the next, next Jake Scott. Jake Scott, exactly. Uh, hey, now I'm, I don't think any of this generation of players will be saying Bill Stanfill or Jake Scott, but – us older guys, we can throw that out there and 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 see if it sticks. But well, no, now I love the fact the talent's like that. Yeah. Well, now we're looking for the. It'll be like who's the next DeAndre Baker? <laughs> That's right. Uh, a Thorpe Award winner, and then yeah. Roquan. And there's no doubt. I mean, Georgia's defense is certainly looking for that next uh, Roquan, and there are plenty of candidates. And I guess Nicobe Dean, based on the praise of you know David Marshall, is uh, maybe an early candidate for it. We'll see. But yeah, it is important to remember for some of these freshmen before we pile just the the weight of the expectations on them. It's Roquan had like 20 tackles as a freshman and didn't start. And you could see as a sophomore, you know, those seeds were starting to get planted for him to be an excellent player. But like you said, it wasn't until he was a junior where he just fully blossomed into the guy that we we know today. So. Yeah. These guys that have all this potential, you still got to be here some. You still got to play some. You just don't normally just jump right in and you're an All-American after your first three games. And, again, thank you to uh, UCLA for – or, no, I should say, I guess the, the coach of the – he's a coach of the Falcons now. Yeah, who was their defensive coordinator. Or, yeah, I guess his we need deceptiveness. To, I guess we need to thank Jim Mora Jr. That's for being right. a lunatic that his defensive coordinator left to be the linebackers coach of the Falcons. <laughs> but remember that season where like the guy qu- tried to quit during a game? Remember yeah, that? Yep. I don't know why I can't remember his name. but it's Jeff. Jeff something. something. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, that was the one. Yeah, he committed there. And I guess at the time it would have been Pruitt. Pruitt was the defensive coordinator. Probably said, eh. You might want to think about that again. There's something going on there. He's not going to be your D.C. And all's well that ends well for uh, for Georgia. But I do have to admit, I am more inclined in this day and age because let's be honest, like big expectations and a lot of glowing reviews coming out of spring practices is nothing new for us here in uh, in Athens. Every single spring for Georgia has always been filled with great potential. But I am more inclined to believe the stuff that I read and hear coming out of out of practice now than maybe I would have in the past because the Georgia now the last couple of years has backed it up on the field in the fall. The recruiting rankings, yeah, what they've done in the fall. I mean, yeah, I mean, you expect that. By the way, Jeff Ulbrich, Jeff Ulbrich is the yeah, guy we can you. thank. Can thank the Google machine. Yeah, for well, that. and I mean, listen, an assist to the Falcons too for hiring them. I guess. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm totally with you. So when. You lose a really, really good player. You get to the point where you expect somebody really, really good to step up. 
I guess what's a little worrisome, and I don't even know if it's worrisome. I don't know how you feel about this, but uh, you know, the stuff that's been going on off the field has certainly been getting a lot of the headlines. And each, I guess, each individual thing in itself, you could compartmentalize. But when you look at it as a whole, is it is it troubling that you've had four players, no matter what the the situation is, but four different players arrested in basically a one month span? Yeah, I mean, is I'm troubling not, the right word? Maybe not. It, I mean, concerning. I guess it'd be it'd be better if it wasn't happening. I mean, yeah. I think it's more probably just. It's an unfortunate coincidence. Yeah. Like, I'm not even still sure what Jaden Hunter did. I mean, I know it turned out he had a revoked slash suspended license. Yeah. But I'm not even sure what it was he was doing that even got the attention of the police in the first place. Right. Like, it sounded like he was just standing around or something. He, like, had, we, he had pulled over, right, to, to use a facility of some sort, I guess. Okay. His car, I guess a cop saw a car sitting there and so I don't they, ran the plate. I, I don't know. Right. Is that what, is that, that kind of what it was? I, yeah. I, again, I'm not even. His, his is like, look, you don't want to drive around with a suspended license, but that's one of those that's, that's just, I, I'm not saying that there's nothing wrong with it because there is, but it's, it's not the same as the Tennessee guy down in Miami punching a cop in the side of the head. Right, you know what I mean. Which is it, it? Which is like that's not something like I said the other night. I I got onto ESPN.com, and Georgia having two players arrested was actually on their front page in their top headlines. Right, and you know Tennessee punching a cop in Miami Beach that was not, and so it. So you have to have two players to get on the front page, right? You no, know, I think what it is is like Georgia's Georgia's arrived. This is uh, one of the elite <laughs> programs in the country now. So when they've got players getting in trouble, it's like uh, it's a big national headline. Whereas Tennessee is, uh, you know, they're not even getting to bowl games anymore. So it uh, it doesn't really register. So it, yeah. it, you know, I guess it's the the price you pay for success for Georgia that you get guys arrested and then it, you know, it gets a little more attention than maybe it uh, otherwise would. Mississippi State had a guy arrested. Uh, too, just a couple of days ago, but you know that's a Mississippi State's Mississippi State, and Georgia now is one of the uh, one of the premier programs in the country. So, and let's be honest, it also depends on the news cycle. If it's slow, yeah, something more trivial is going to show up more than something else, right? And again, it's yeah. I mean, you'd rather it not happen, but uh, as long as it doesn't get to the point where it's really affecting or, you know, guys are getting suspended and missing games, I think that's when it becomes a problem for uh, for Kirby, where you have to, like, reevaluate who you're recruiting, because if you can't rely on these guys to be available on game days, but these are just misdemeanors, and as Kirby said, he'll handle it internally, and even went on to say, too, I guess that, oddly enough, talking about the receiver, Simmons has been one of the more impressive ones so far so he's yeah. he's got the the you know the bar fight but he's also been looking good in practice yeah i know and and that maybe with him is one that you're kind of raising eyebrow because you figure he was one of the the vets the seniors that is going to provide this leadership that we talk about although again leadership's not something you just go out and tell everybody hey, by the way i'm I'm one of the leaders here, you know, it doesn't quite work that way. You no. got to kind of earn that. So even if he and I again on the details, I'm a little fuzzy, but if he just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time and then ended up in something, it's still it's still not one of those things you would expect some of your leaders to be a part of. Yeah, we don't really know the a lot of details about that other than supposedly it was a ruckus with 
um, bar staff at yeah. the bar that they were at, but we yeah. don't know who started it, what the deal <laughs> was. and it's, Apparently there were other football players there too, but they weren't cited. Right. Although there's still, I guess, an investigation going on. Yeah. But like, I don't know. It falls into that category. It's – it's not the first time it's happened. It happens everywhere. Yeah, it it's won't cer- be the last. Right. It certainly isn't the first time a Georgia football player has gone downtown and got into a brawl at a bar. Right. And, uh, you know, yeah. and that's right. Unfortunately, it won't be the last either. But do you say, well, you just can't go downtown? You can't do that no. either. And Kirby even said that. Yeah. These guys go downtown. Yeah. I mean, everyone else that's a student at the university could go downtown. So when Kirby was a player, Kirby played. They went downtown. Right. I'm so, sure Kirby knows. That's how it is. Yeah. He'd rather just try not to get arrested. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's the bottom line. And the internal discipline is probably worse than the public discipline. Right. So that if I were the players, I would fear that more than having to go back to court on my misdemeanor charge and get a slap on the wrist and whatever else it entails. Maybe there's some student discipline, too. I'm not sure. Student judiciary. But I'm sure the football internal discipline is way worse than any of the other stuff yeah that you want to yeah you don't want to be yeah caught up in uh exactly in that but at the part that at the time that it becomes felonious crimes yeah or uh and i don't know game time might be missed then maybe there's uh an issue but to me i just chalk it up as a it's an unfortunate coincidence that you've had four in a short time yeah, span but we don't need any more unfortunate coincidences no but i do i mean i do like how i mean some people are bothered by it and that's fine if you are but it's like you just hear like boy jake Fromm needs to step up in that locker room and start leading i know that's what i i mean maybe think i mean it's funny i think from i mean i don't know does from go downtown i mean all you see he goes fishing he likes a lot. To go i know fishing. that so maybe he's he likes got to go it, hunting yeah he's got it right he just goes off into the woods yeah. and sitting on a lake or something you're not going to get in any trouble there no, but you can get hurt. Yeah. He's got to watch that kind of stuff. Unless you get a hook. Uh, yeah, exactly. Stuck or in something you know, flies into your leg from a boat. But here's like, did, but that's like the, the reality of, the, of where Georgia is right now. And I do, when you, know, you see like it's one of the, the top headlines is Georgia has two guys that get arrested because they're in a bar brawl, but you don't see anything about t- a Tennessee guy punching a cop in the, uh, in the head. It's. You know, and even to go back to just the the overall headlines and the mood of everyone for spring practice, it's Georgia's. This program has arrived, and it's not going anywhere. It's uh, it's one of the elites in the uh, country, and uh, even as 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 crushing as those two losses were last year to Alabama, you can't come out of either one of those games and think that Alabama is any better a program right now than Georgia. But Georgia right now is every bit Alabama's equal. So I'm not except for a final score in two games. Yeah. I'm just uh, I'm not like sweating anything and even with Clemson you know we've seen Clemson almost lose to Syracuse last year and actually lose to him two years ago like Georgia hasn't even had any games like Georgia's pummeled everyone they should be pummeling right and they've been blown out twice on the road in the last two years at LSU and uh in Auburn but and maybe the day will come that you know, we'll go to South Carolina one week and when it's you least expect it they beat you or something like that but you know, there aren't too many spots on Georgia's schedule where I think you just need to, to sweat and worry about what might happen. What was Georgia's over under the touts? Was it 10 and a half? 10 and a half. All right, and they had Bama and Clemson both at 11, right? Yeah. So if you had to, to bet on that, would you say Clemson and Bama would both go undefeated? 
Well, I, I don't think you could take the under on either of them, and because the worst, the well, worst I see it if you if you take the over, you're going to get a push. Yeah. Because I mean, neither one of those teams are losing twice, so they're going to go eleven and one at the worst. So if you took the over and the over unders eleven, and they go eleven and one, that's a push. Yeah. So you're yeah, they're not going ten and two, more than likely right. unless something crazy happens, some some injuries or anything like that. Would you bet? Yes or no that both teams go undefeated in the regular season, Clemson and Alabama? I'd probably bet yes. <laughs> bet the, bet yeah. the yes on that. They, they, they both go undefeated, they both in, the go undefeated in the regular season. Yeah. yeah. I just don't see any spots, more so for Clemson than Bama. Right. I mean, Bama does have to go to A&M. Yeah. I mean, but, and they have to go to, I guess, Auburn. Yeah. So... I, no, that, I guess Auburn's the wild card because you just never yeah. know, like if they're going to have one of those seasons right. like they had two years ago. Right, like, you never yeah. really know when it's going to happen. But when it does, and they start rolling, I mean, they get rolling. Right, I know we've seen it happen. It's not every other year, but it's like every fourth or every sixth year. We see what, what what they can do. Speaking of A and M, was a seven and a, it was seven and a half for their over under. And is that right? Yes. And that looks like wow, Jim. Uh, you know, are they going to get the year two push from Jimbo Fisher that was through a lot of schools, or are they a victim of they or South Carolina have the toughest schedule in the country? They have to play Bama, all three of Georgia, those. Clemson. So does South Carolina. Yeah. So, and I. That's what those are the three best teams in the country, right? And A and M and South Carolina have to play all three of them. Yes. Yes. So is a is is a And M seven and a half? Is that why it looks low because of that? And then if if you say well they, if they lose those three games it's still nine and three but they still got to play LSU on the road as well. I think without digging like without without just digging without real deep right without having a And M schedule in front of you when you say seven and a half your immediate instinct is to, to take go the over. over yes but then when you look at their schedule and like yeah. no they're not going to win eight games because you also yeah you get a good call. they have to play at lsu yeah so, so i mean that's brutal and yeah that, and that we haven't even mentioned auburn yet in their on their schedule yeah, yeah i guess they get them in uh, college station yeah. this year but still yeah they also play auburn yeah they're in the sec west and they play clemson and georgia yes so they're in the the toughest division in the country and play two of the top three best teams in the country my gut says and this isn't about a and m but it's like take the under because it feels like vega like you said it feels like that should be the over seven and a half a and m no way jimbo in his second year well they went eight and four last year yeah and so with in the a schedule second, not as hard as this one, right? So in a, a in a second year where they're supposed to get that bump, like there's yeah, there's almost no way they get to eight wins. Gonna be tough. Yeah, gonna be tough. All right, uh, the crossover podcast. It's episode number eighty, presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville. We'll uh, come back and we'll we'll run down the Sweet Sixteen, which I think is going to be great. There's the uh, there's the catch twenty two of their boy there there weren't any Cinderella stories in the tournament but on then we get to the Sweet Sixteen and like well yeah but all the good teams in the country are still alive so it should make this weekend great and uh, yeah, mention too the uh, Braves as they get set for opening day Chris Brame David Johnston with you the crossover podcast 
presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville here on 960theref.com. Friends and family piled around the table, sharing big cheesy slices of pizza, golden baked calzones and strombolis, plate fulls of zesty lasagna. It's not Nana's Kitchen in Southern Italy. It's Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville. At Fully Loaded, you'll find all these Italian favorites like wings, salads, and hoagies. A full bar and patio, too. Family dinner, date night, or hanging out with friends. Get more out of it at Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in the Manders Crossing Shopping Center off Mars Hill Road in Watkinsville. All right, back with you here, the Crossover Podcast, episode number 80. You can subscribe to us, too, on iTunes. Don't forget to, uh, to do that. Or you could just listen on demand at 960theref.com. Uh, Dave, the Sweet 16 is uh, set, and the tournament has been chalky. All top 12 seeds have made it, two of the four seeds. So the only, the only outsiders out of the top 16 seeds are 12-seed Oregon, who play, of course, in the Pac-12, and then War Eagle as the, uh, as the five seed that advanced to play North Carolina and uh, I mean, so are you down on the tournament because we don't no, have any it. upsets, or are you loving? You I'm love good it. with it. Yeah. I'm very good with it. I like the th- the first round, the Thursday Friday. I'm fine if there's some crazy stuff, some upsets, because it, it normally doesn't blow your bracket up. But by Sweet 16, Elite Eight, I want to see the chalk. I mean, I'm I've always said that. I, I like it when it's. I mean, this this to me is a great bracket. You mentioned Oregon. It's like, all right, they're a 12, but they're in the Pac-12. It's not like they're out of the you know, one of the smaller conferences or anything like that. In fact, of the 16 teams remaining, 14 of the 16 are from Power 5 football conferences. So Gonzaga and Houston are the only two teams that are remaining that aren't in a Power 5 football conference. And Houston, I know they're in the midst of a coaching change right now. They just got rid of Major Applewhite. But they've been good in football, too, so it's not like they stick out of there. And their record is, what, 33-3? and So, I mean, I I think this is great. And the the hire Houston made in football was to grab a coach from a Power 5 school. That's right, exactly, which is is weird. You're right. I didn't even think about that. Honestly, too, when you – you know, hindsight being what it is, when you think about Auburn and Kansas, I mean, those seeds probably should have been flipped anyway. Mm -hmm. Like, Auburn should have been the four and Kansas the five. So, really, if the – you know, I I think Auburn was underseeded. So, they probably should have been a four. So, really, it's like – all the ones, all the twos, all the threes, and all the fours would have made it through with the exception of an Oregon would have been the one, and I guess Kansas State would have been the one four that wouldn't have made it, and then Oregon would be just the, the one Cinderella as a double-digit seed. But, yeah, I was sitting there last uh, Sunday rooting like I'm sure everyone else was for Central Florida to beat Duke. <laughs> but, in but. The, but in the aftermath of it, like, well, I'm actually happier now that Zion Williamson is still in the tournament. <laughs> we get to see them play Virginia Tech instead. See, I was like, Duke, you've got to pull this out. <laughs> I've got you in my championship game. But more importantly, I want to see Zion play a few more college games. Yeah. That was what it boiled down to me. I was not pulling for UCF well, and that thing. I, see, I, I was hung up in the uh, in seeing Duke lose, but when the, when the dust settled and they won, I was like mad at first. I'm like, God, I'm so sick of Duke. It's just the same <laughs> thing over and over. And I, well, I sure am glad they're going to be in the Sweet 16 because it's great. All right, if you were ranking the, uh, the matchups, what's the best one, you think? Let's see here. You caught me off guard on that one. Um, I would say potentially – are you talking about the the best team or just the best matchup? Just the best game of the eight. Or the best game? Yeah. 
certainly North Carolina and Auburn definitely sticks out there for sure. Yeah, Bruce L- Pearl said to take the over in that game. He's, okay, all yeah. right. Well, thank He's you very much. He's coaching in it, so I might take his yeah, advice. Yeah, does he know what the over is? Yeah. Does that mean they're going to be fouling a lot at the end? Yeah, let's, what's going on with that? LSU-Michigan State jumps out at me, and I'm, I'm as curious about LSU just because of their coaching situation. And Gonzaga needs to look out. Florida State is – is better than I think everyone realizes. Florida State is one of the every time I watch them play, like they just, it's the way that that team looks in their uniform. Like they're just long, yeah, and they just they they definitely look like a great team, and they play like it too, obviously. And they were in the Elite Eight a year ago, where they stopped fouling down four with a few seconds mm-hmm. left because the game was over. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think Gonzaga's got their uh, their hands full. For me, that's the uh, Gonzaga Florida State would be number my number one. Close second would be Carolina and Auburn. Look, and, and honestly, though, you look at all of them now. How, Duke and Virginia Tech. I think uh, that was they played once when Zion was out, right? Yeah, Virginia Tech beat Virginia them. Tech beat them. So now it's different there. But yeah, how many of these uh, are you know these rematches or potential whatever you got? I don't know, but they're all. I mean, every one of these uh, eight games looks great. And I guess it's just because well, maybe Virginia Oregon doesn't. Does it jump out at you because it's a one versus a twelve? But Virginia, they do make the Sweet Sixteen, but aren't they still carrying a little bit of that? Oh, we got burned last year, and we struggled with Gardner Webb this year, and they finally you know, they kind of beat up on Oklahoma there a little bit. But still, Virginia feels like a little bit of a wild card, even though they're very good. But I like all of these matchups. I get it. Yeah, it's hard to trust Virginia after seeing them lose last year and they're trailing at the half to Gardner-Webb, but they did look to finally loosen up against Oklahoma. Yeah. yeah. And Maybe uh, that's just what they needed was like, we got to get over this this hump. Would would their coach have been fired if they had lost to Gardner-Webb? <laughs> I mean, it would have been a conversation yeah. worth having. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I know. The, if you're going to I mean you're going to keep losing in the Sweet Six. I mean, Carla Williams, what would you have season? done yeah. with your basketball coach? The crazy thing is, though, I mean, they're with what are they now? There's four official openings in the SEC, and you yep. got to assume there's going to be a fifth with LSU. That right. any one of those schools would have grabbed him in a set. He would have been unemployed for about 30 seconds. That's a good point. He would certainly have been somewhere else. Which, by the way, you bring up a good point. So, what does it look like for? So if if you're thinking from what you're reading on on the hires, like who does A and M go with? Who does Arkansas go with? It sounds like they're interested in Kelvin Sampson because of the connection with their AD. Is Vandy going to end up with like John Thompson? Uh, you know he's he's coach Princeton. He's coach Georgetown. Georgetown. I mean he seems like a fit there for Vanderbilt. Yeah. Uh, who am I leaving out? Um, uh, well, assuming LSU. Oh, well, LSU. Bama. Oh, Bama, yeah. yeah. What does Bama end up doing? Was that the Avery Johnson thing was kind of interesting, just in the sense that they hadn't been terrible, but and they were in the tournament to get last back year to the, won a game. Yeah, they won a game in the tournament last year. They've been in the NIT the other three years, and obviously losing the way they did to Norfolk State wasn't a good look, but did he maybe – he'll be a head coach, I would think, again in the NBA maybe if he wants to be – I don't know. Yeah. I, I guess it'd be weird, like, A&M wouldn't scoop him up or something, would they? Uh, supposedly that Buzz Williams might be headed to, to, to A&M, A&M from Virginia yeah, Tech. Yeah, maybe. 
Well, that's the thing. The SEC's gotten where they're – once the, the, the league's decided to start taking basketball seriously, so if these athletics departments want to pay top dollar for basketball coaches too, then, I mean, the SEC's going to have their way with uh, a place like Virginia Tech. Yeah. Even if they've been more serious in the past about, uh, about hoops. But if A&M wants to get serious about hoops, I guarantee Virginia Tech won't be able to match any no. offer A&M has. So. Yeah, Jimbo Fisher on line one calling Buzz Williams. Hey, I can tell you firsthand, we got money to pay you if you want to come here. Yeah. And that was another. They, they were in the tournament last year. Yeah. <laughs> and a year later, can their guys. So. Yeah. The coaching stuff is always interesting. I wouldn't have thought there would be four and potentially five openings. But that's how it goes now. All right, so there's four SEC teams left. How many in the Elite Eight? All right, let's see here. Michigan State beats LSU. Purdue beats Tennessee. North Carolina over Auburn. I'm going to say one. Uh, Kentucky. Kentucky. I'm with you on Purdue over Tennessee. I'm, I've been on War Eagles bandwagon the whole time. I'm not jumping off now. I All think right. they're going to get Carolina. Okay. And, I yeah, I think LSU's luck runs out. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with two also. You're I got Kentucky two. meeting Auburn. In the Elite Eight in the Midwest. <laughs> what would guarantee an SEC team in the Final Four? That was like uh, when South Carolina and Florida played there yeah. a couple years ago. That's right. Madison Square Garden. Gators in the game. Wait, are you talking about? Are you talking about the NIT? Oh, are you yeah. talking? Oh, wait, That's I'm what sorry. it felt like. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the NIT. All right. Uh, quick Braves mention here as we uh, as we wind down episode 80 of the crossover podcast. Again, we're recording this on the eve of uh, of opening day. So it's it's come to this. The Braves much to the chagrin of fans, didn't do much during the offseason. They added uh, uh, a 33-year-old injured Josh Donaldson, 35-year-old Brian McCann. They re-upped with Nick Markakis on the cheap to fill the gap in right field. Meanwhile, the Nationals signed uh, Patrick Corbin. The, uh, the Phillies got, oh, yeah, Bryce Harper. You know, the Mets made some moves. Perhaps the biggest thing the Mets did, though, was – uh, hammering down a, a long-term deal for Jacob DeGrom. So we feel good about the Braves or you know, just lukewarm on them? I think I think um, it's going to be hard for them to win the division again this year. They beat up on the division. They were a 49-win team against the division and were sub-500 against the rest of baseball. And the division has definitely improved. So you look at the Nationals. I know they don't have Gio Gonzalez, but they did add Patrick Corbin. You look at Philadelphia. They added a guy named Bryce Harper. They added, what, Andrew McCutcheon. They got Real Muto from they the Marlins. They got Real Muto from the Marlins. They've upped the offense there. You know, would they, Will they have enough pitching? I mean, uh, they've got, what, Nola and Arietta and then whoever after that. I just kind of feel like the Braves got a little bit of – of a break last year and that the division wasn't very good. I kind of feel like the Braves pitching is, is going to be good, but maybe it's good next year, better next year. So my thinking is it's going to be a close race in the East, but I think the Braves finish behind the, uh, the Nationals and the, and, the, and the Phillies. And the Mets might be in there too. So I, I that's kind of I, I don't I'm not predicting the Braves to win the East. Other than the Marlins, it's it's a competitive division. Yeah, yeah. And the the division could come down to the other four teams' records against the Marlins in the 19 games they'll all play against them. That's a and good point. I mean, if one of them were to go like 16 and three against the Marlins, and just like that, you're you're plus 13 in the uh, in the win loss column. I'm with you. I don't feel the Braves uh, repeat. I think they're over under. I've seen is 86. Yep. 
I would take the under on that. And I got a sneaky feeling it's going to be the Nationals that win the division. I know the Phillies are going to be the pick because they signed yeah. Harper. Yeah. But like quietly, you know, the it's like you, the you know the Nationals still have Max Scherzer, and now they added the top the top free agent pitcher in the offseason. They've also still have Strasburg. I mean, who's been okay. He hasn't been the superstar right. you would have thought he would have been. So Strasburg, Corbin, Scherzer. But yeah, that's your rotation. Yeah. They've still got uh, you know Juan Soto. Yep. Who was like the the second. You know young who they feet. added to Anibal Sanchez, right? Yes. Who I thought did a pretty good job for the Braves. He did. If he's your fourth or fifth guy, that's not terrible. They right got there. Kurt Suzuki too. That's right. And like. they got Kurt Suzuki. I know it's going to come back to haunt him. I can already feel it. Yeah. Anyway, I th- I'm thinking. I'm, I think the Nationals win the East. All right. Who do you think's the best team in the in the National League? Dodgers. Cubs, I don't think it's going to be the Cubs. Brewers, I I, I got a feeling the Brewers are going to slip too. I mean, is Christian Yelich really like an MVP or did he just have an out of his mind season last year? We're going to find out. Wait, may, get, maybe it's still the Dodgers. Yeah, could they be addition by subtraction a little bit? With, Machado's gone. Yeah, they made that big trade with the Reds. Yeah. Yasiel Puig's gone. Which it, it seemed at the time that was to free up space so they could sign Harper. Harper, and that and didn't they, work out there for them. And then they didn't. Well, what about the American League? Is it the Red Sox, the Yankees? The Astros. The Astros. I think it's still the usual suspects yeah, there. Yeah, it and feels like those The three. Indians should be the better team in the Central. Yeah, that's a good point. Which still looks like an awful division. Yes or no, does Craig Kimbrell sign with the Braves the second we turn off this uh, the recorder? <laughs> I'm going to say no. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but he All might right. at some point. Yeah. Yes or no, does Madison Bumgarner end up with the Braves at some point this year? No. Okay. We're in agree- This is We're boring. We're both in agreement on both of those. I'm trying to think. Of, we, need to, we need to come up with some fake juice, a fake argument, but I can't think of anything right now. Yeah, we even agree that the Braves aren't going to win the division. division. I hope they do. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. But I There's part of me that wonders, though, too, with that. It's like, if they do win the division, if you're upset that they didn't really – they're boring offseason. They didn't do anything in their – wouldn't that then in a way does it justify management like hey see we didn't spend any money the Phillies did yeah look at us and we still won the division I just think the the rotation and I know there's you know trying to get faulty back and that kind of thing too but it's just it just seems I this is a word I've been using way too, I'm overusing this word for everything it's just clunky right now and it's got the potential for them to get off to a bad start well is, is Bryce Wilson is 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 he the number two starter yeah, he's he's I don't know if he's the number two starter, but he's pitching in the he's second pitching game. game too. So we're so, it's, so Kyle Wright's also going to be in the rotation uh, right now. Max Freed, Tehran. So yeah. I mean, like to get faulty back. I guess Gosman still he's down there. And out yeah. For now. So it's just like I said, it just it feels clunky, and that they got a their schedule. I know they got a lot of home games in 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 April, but. You know, they play the Cubs, they got the Mets at home, they got the Diamondbacks at home. They got a weird three game series where they go to the Rockies. I mean, that could get snowed out. They got a road trip in the state of Ohio where they go to Cleveland and Cincinnati. And then they come back and play Colorado. It's just kind of a weird, it's a weird April schedule. I don't know. It's just, it, the rotation just feels like there's really good pitchers in it, but it's just kind of out of whack at the moment. So, opening weekend is going to be Tehran, Wilson, Wilson, and Wright. Yes. Who just had a terrible spring. He had a ter- Did he have a terrible spring or terrible outing that bumped him up? I know he had some good outings. Well, 
his last two, it got worried because even the other day he came in and gave up but that exhibition game against the Reds, he gave up like three runs. Yeah, and, yeah. And the guy's really good. I mean, but just think, I mean, two years ago, he was giving up a home run to Cam Shepard. And the dogs beat him one to nothing. Yeah. Now he is. Now he's here in the Braves rotation. Opening weekend. Yeah. All right. Appreciate you tuning in uh, this week. The crossover podcast presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville. This was episode number eighty. Again, the big eight zero. The big eight zero. What happened eighty years ago? First of all, I'd have to do the math on that. Yeah. Would that be nineteen thirty nine? Yes, it would be. So we weren't even in World War Two. Not II. even in the war yet. No. Yeah. All right, I can't think of was anything Was Babe else. Ruth around then? I guess so. The <laughs> was, greatest Was he retired? It might have been, yeah, by 39. Yeah, he, he, was, he was out by then. The greatest right? baseball player of all time had already played <laughs> and retired. There's never been a better one since. All right, uh, Dave, enjoyed it as always. We'll uh, do it again next week. Looking Appreciate forward to Appreciate you uh, listening, subscribing to us on iTunes. As always, do that, and then we'll just show up in your uh, – uh, your listening device whenever we post a new episode. And as always, you can uh, download us too on demand at uh, our website, 960theref.com. Episode 80, that's a wrap. The crossover podcast presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville on 960theref.com. You've been listening to The Crossover, presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville on 960theref.com. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.